What's up? Zach Miller says. Hey, man. Hola. Hola. We are going live on my social media profiles, your social media profiles. This is the first. I'm just, I'm interested before we get into like the real nitty gritty of this. Are your lights dimmed at your office or is this? Uh, I've got like a ring light right in front of me. Yeah, but the light's behind you. Your Mm. office is usually pretty bright. No, that's that's normal. The lights are on like normal. That's a great question. Yeah. I appreciate it. Getting things all spicy up in here, if you know what I mean. (laughs) But we are not here today to talk about lighting. No, not at all. No, no. Well, maybe a little bit. Enlightening. Uh, no, enlightening, but also not lightning, but lighting is something that we'll talk about mm, at some point today. Uh, okay, all right. All right, hey, everybody. It's Eric J. Olson. I'm here with Zach Miller Says, and we just got done with a half Ironman a little over a week ago. It's something that we've been talking about for nine plus months, a year. We've been talking about doing this long time. It seems like a very long time and we just got done with it, but I have a surprise for Zach. He has not seen this yet. Oh boy. Now I'm nervous. <laughs> this was last Saturday. Check it out. Oh boy. All right. So we had some photos. Whoa. Look, look at that, that guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> look at that. Whoa. Uh, that is uh, our buddy Jay Proc who did it with yep. us. Look at him hitting the clock. Like, is that him finishing? That's him finishing. That's Jay with his family at the finish line. Because the guy was shirtless and he was like, oh, that's him. My daughters. Oh, look at Zach Miller. Look at that guy, man. That guy used to be huge. Uh, Those are still, it's kind of (laughs) huge. Hey, man. You've come a long way, Zach Miller says. Whoa, look at that guy. That guy is huffing and puffing. Yeah. And getting sprayed on. So just so people know, it wasn't (laughs) raining. It was champagne. You look thrilled. Yeah, I think I was pretty tired at that point. That was crossing the finish line. So there's Jay with his trophy. Let's see if I can pause this. No, can't pause it. Had a little bit of champagne at the finish line. I've never had a shirt on the internet. I don't think I've ever been shirtless on the internet before. Breaking news. (laughs) Yeah. Also, you got to work on your champagne skills. Like You're just kind of like... You're not really spraying. Yeah. So what I'm used to is taking a couple of um, Dilly Dilly's stone called stunning them. Boom. <laughs> and then taking them down like I'm the champ. Oh, yeah. man. Great pictures. <laughs> this is the most ridiculous <laughs> thing. I've asked for these, these pictures for a little while. Yeah. Uh, so well, you, you got it. Did you have them before now? That's the trophy. Uh, I just got them this morning. Okay. So I don't feel as yeah. Me and my girls. What else we got? All we right. got a lot of pictures of. So okay, so we did this race at. Uh, the That's cool. I, I didn't even I didn't even realize that she was wearing that shirt. I'm sure she's gonna be thrilled with that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she posed for it. Yep. There you go. So yeah, let's let you want to tell the story, Zach. How do we okay, end up so in the swamp? I think it starts. Uh, so this is a story um, that started 
quite some time before even you got involved. And so I'll give a very quick backstory. So at some point in the last 15 years, I saw some sort of Iron Man video and I had this list of, of, um, of like bucket list things that I wanted to do, like drink a thousand dollar bottle of wine, uh, like probably ride the fastest roller coaster in the world, jump out of a plane. And then there was this thing like do an Iron Man race. And um, I started working out a lot more and then I just started doing this race or I, I decided, oh, maybe I should do this race. And then um, the idea was like, let's sign up. And so I decided to sign up for this Ironman 70.3 Eagle Man, which is 1.2 mile swim, 56 mile bike and a 13.1 mile run all back to back to back. Basically, uh, three, two, one, go. And then you go until you're, you're done. Um, there is some like, complete times that you have to do, but I, it's basically you have eight and a half hours to do the whole race. I completed it last year. They, the course um, had to eliminate the swim because it was too rough last year. The, there was a, a small craft advisory, which meant that the people, they were okay with people swimming, but the boats that were there from a safety perspective were not um, available to go out there. So they canceled the swim. So basically all this work that I put all this work and I say that in quotes, I'll tell you why in a minute, uh, all this work that I put in to this race, uh, ended up being 56 mile bike and a 13.1 mile run, which was still incredibly difficult. Uh, I got done. It took me six hours and 55 minutes. Had the swim happen. It would have taken me about seven hours and 40 minutes ish is my guess. Um, and so I got back and I was at your office. We were talking and you're like, oh, well, are you going to do it again? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm done. I'm good. I'm done. I got my little medal. <laughs> you know, I got my rock poster on the wall. Um, we're good. Like, I don't want to do this. And you're like, well, I want to do it. And I'm like, oh, God. Well, at the time you were like, well, I, I did it, but there's a caveat. I didn't get to do the swim. I mean, I, I finished a half Ironman, but, but. Yeah, the like, metal still says 1.2 mile swim. And you're like, I, I may do another one. I'm like, you're going to do another one, Zach. By the way, you look marvelous. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and so knowing that Zach was going to do another one and that he yeah, maybe maybe it would be helpful if he had a little bit of a push. And uh, knowing that I wouldn't mind doing that, too. I volunteered as well to train with him. So we decided we were going to train for uh, the June 14th, 2020 half Ironman in Cambridge, Maryland. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then COVID hit. So we were one week into our training mm -hmm. and COVID hit and we had to change plans very, very quickly. Yeah. So uh, they didn't actually, it what, took about maybe two months before they, they shifted from June until September. Yeah. So we had uh, started, I think we started our, training for this on March 9th, which was a 14 week training plan. And I believe to the date, both times it was eight weeks of, um, eight weeks of training postponed, eight weeks training postponed, um, which, you know, it is what it is. I mean, like you, you, you can't control their decision, but you can control a lot of things in there. And I think we're going to talk a little bit about that shortly. Right. Yep. So, so it it was a lot more work than than I expected. Yeah. 
And and I had a New Year's resolution for 2020. Of, Which is really, I think, what ultimately got me into this was is you wanted to do well in, in, in this. And I think you had been talking about the New Year's resolutions the year before. You had done something similar to my Ironman journey where you had run a thousand miles. Yep. And I think you just kind of like, you, you're like, okay, what's next? Let's do something that's so challenging. Let's do something that's challenging enough and that you can't just do in a weekend. You have to actually prepare for you know, for a long period of time. So, yeah. And that's what I was looking for out of a new year's resolution is not something where I could just like go to a, an event and then check it off of my list. I wanted something that was going to take me basically all year to accomplish. And, and this took much more time than we expected because it was supposed to be June 14th and then it got rescheduled to September 19th. And that was on the calendar for a couple months. And, and then they just canceled it. And when they canceled it, we were like, well, we've been training. Like we're almost ready to do this thing. We're gonna do it. So we yeah, decided so to do even it before that happened. We decided we're gonna keep training for the race that they're gonna. We know that they're gonna postpone it to September. Um, that's what we think because that's what the rumors were saying. Because we did a little bit of investigative journalism and figured out that there was some um, city hall stuff going on, uh, and city hall was meeting uh, and talking about this. And we said, okay, well. Uh, it'll end up being just the train plan doubled. Basically we'll do it for the, the 14 weeks and then we'll <laughs> basically do it again. And, and that's what we did. It worked and out we well. Finished. And um, Hey Roberta, what's up? How are you? Hey Juliet. Hello others. If you guys have questions, feel free to ask throughout and we will answer when we feel it's appropriate to ask. Um, All right, so I, I want to comment on this. So uh, I, I did, I've known Zach probably for about 10 years. Yeah, probably about 13, 12, 13. And, and for most of that time, I, uh, Zach has actually referred to himself uh, as a particular uh, name. Fat Zach. Fat Zach. Uh, Fat Zach uh, to describe go. himself. And I would agree. That was a pretty good description of Zach. And so starting this year, you were how much How much did you weigh? Oh, we're not going into this. Yeah, we're going to go into it because this is part of your journey, man. Oh, Lord. Uh, and you agreed to be on live, so. I didn't realize I was going on Oprah. <laughs> Jesus. I think I was uh, at the beginning of the year. I know two, what you were. 265. Yeah, you were 265. And what about right now? Uh, I think I was 209 last time I weighed. Yeah. So Zach's had an incredible year. He was chunky. Chunky and fat. I mean, you really, dude, I, I'm really proud of you. You did a, a just a fantastic job. I mean, you lost so much weight and you were so committed to like, I mean, you really like every single so we, we bought a training plan and we're going to go, by the way, we have a top 10 things that we learned. And if you're interested in doing something like this, uh, we've got a lot of lessons learned from this. Uh, this was not just show up at an event and, and do the race. It was a lot more than that. And so that's what we're going to go through in a few minutes. But um, we bought a training plan and it told us what to do every single day. And we did it every single day. There was no, there was no skipping. I think I had to push one run and only one from a Sunday to a Monday, but I did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we just had to stick with the plan. It was it was grueling. Well, there's a caveat and, there. The swims obviously were canceled for a while, so we we did skip that. But the second time when we went into the full actual cha- training, uh, when we did the loop around, pool started pool started to open for appointment only, which was uh, quite interesting to start actually. Um, <laughs> That's right. Fat Zach. That's That's what I meant the whole time. I never said how to spell it. No, no. I I always thought it was this spelling. Yeah. Well, of course, you know, Um, but actually a lot of my fitness journey, I like, I think is because of Tim, right? So like um, in October, no, 
in January, January 2nd of 2018, I decided to start working out and I was like two or three days in, I'm like, what am I going to do? I need to follow something. I need to do something, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, Tim runs every day. He doesn't take days off. Maybe I'll just won't take any days off. And so I've kind of followed that mindset of do something physical every single day. And I think actually it was yesterday or the day before I hit a thousand days of that. Now, granted, some of those days are significantly different than others. Um, but I've, I, I've stuck to it. And, you know, it's kind of like I've asked Tim this question, like, well, when do you quit? And he's like, well, I'm just I mean, think about how long it would take for me to get back to that. And I think that's um, that's a, a difficult thing. Um, so you just start and you just keep going. I think no days off is is, is incredibly important. So, yeah. Know but I mean, I, I definitely have days off. I have rest days, uh, usually on Mondays, which which is, well, it's it's needed, I think. But 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 we're. But in I would schedule. do something. I would do something on those days, right? I would do something—a strength training or some push-ups. True. True. Maybe I need to do uh, it's interesting that uh, that Tim pictures. Tim kind of motivated you and uh, influenced you into into this. Uh, I don't even think he did, I don't think he was like sitting there saying it. I think I, I, I mean, he definitely wasn't like, oh, hey, Zach, you should do this. It was just like, oh, he's yeah. doing that. I should think about doing something like yeah. that because it seems to be working for him. You, you know, that uh, inspired and, and, and I'll say the exact same thing. So, Tim Ryan, uh, I'm, I'm just putting this comment up here so people see your name, not necessarily because you're calling us fat, <laughs> but uh, so Tim was the same way for me. So. The reason I did the thousand mile run in 2019 is because I saw um, Tim. He ran 2018 miles in 2018. Yeah, a lot and, of years he tries to do the same year. And as he closed out 2018, I remember he got it uh, several, I think it was weeks in advance of, of the end of the year. And I saw that and I was like, oh, that's, that's really, really cool. And so around the holidays, I was doing some running and I ran three miles a day for like three days in a row. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what this would be if I did it every single day of the year. I did the math. It was a little bit over a thousand miles. And I'm like, okay, well, if Tim can do it, I can do it. So I'll, I'll just do a thousand, not 2019 miles for 2019. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's interesting because for me, you know, Tim inspired me to do that. And then I what did that for that? a year. What? And then, and then frankly, like you inspired 7, me to do the half Ironman. 2.7 miles a day was the minimum. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So I was aiming for three miles a day, and then I, I realized I would have a couple of days off here and there for whatever reasons. So it was a progression, though, of of Tim got you to the running, and, and then, then and then I'm looking for the next thing. When I got that done, I'm like, all right, well, I, I'm I was either going to be done, or I was going to move on to the next physical activity. And my wife's like, well, you're not just going to quit, are you? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and around that time is when I realized, like you know, uh, you you didn't do the swim for your 2019, so it, it just kind of, it just worked out great. So, yeah. so hey, let's uh, we're gonna go into our top ten, Claudel. Hey, buddy, appreciate that. And uh, let's see what uh, Julia's got a comment here. She walked through IKEA yesterday. Good job. It's a, a bookstore. <laughs> yeah, a big I store. mean, every day you got to do something physical, so that's a good workout. All right. We're going to do our top 10 lessons learned. Is it going 10 to 1 or 1 to 10? It's going 1 to 10. So no specific order. Got it. Yeah. Ready? Uh, don't forget, dramatic pause right oh. now. Number one. Wow. Unbelievable. Look at the graphic package that you I mean, this together. is impressive. Yeah, I, mean, I, hey. I had to plan for this. So number one. All right, Zach, you're up. Right. What's the number so remember, one thing lesson learned? All right. So the number in no particular order. This is the the thoughts that Eric and I have around training for a, um, 
a 70.3 mile back-to-back triathlon race. Um, and the first thing I have is practice in the worst conditions. Do really hard shit that is challenging AF. <laughs> um, F. And so, F. So, I, before we did this, um, this race, I trained again for a different race uh, that Tim had encouraged me to do is uh, a marathon. I did the one city marathon. And the one reason I wanted to do that, maybe two reasons why is number one, I hate running, still hate running. Um, And number two was that I wanted to hit a wall of some sort and then try to like mind shift my way out of that and see how that kind of um, situation could help me in other places in life. And I think oftentimes we are trying to do things from a challenge perspective immediately in the thing that we're being challenged with. So like try to fix things in business in the business thing where I actually think if you could find a parallel world that you can go through those challenges with as well, that can actually help you figure out this other side of this other kind of um, silo, if you will, or this other vertical. And so um, do, oh, it's on the screen, practice in the worst conditions, right? Cause you never know what's going to be on race day. Right. And so, um, race day is just another workout really too. And so, uh, wind, you know, it, it was, it was for the swim was a perfect morning for a swim. Um, and the run was probably a perfect day for the run, but all the, basically the last three months building up to that, I would say all the, all those runs were terrible. The heat was terrible. Um, it was really, really freaking hard. The other side of that is the wind, um, we had practiced in wind many, many times, but there was a hurricane, not a very big one at that point, um, but Hurricane um, Sally. What was that, Eric? Was it Hurricane I Sally? I don't even know. Yeah, Hurricane Sally um, was coming through. And actually, I was thinking about this earlier. So, we, so yes, we practiced in wind. But I think that when we were practicing in wind for the bike, which was the biggest part of the, of the wind in that, is when we practiced in that, it was kind of a sheltered kind of Windome. So we typically did our workouts on the Great Dismal Swamp Trail, and there's a lot of um, trees around it. And because of those trees, I think it helped reduce the wind, even though there was wind. And so I think maybe we could have done more um, wind stuff in windier conditions that we would have been ready. But I don't know. I mean, that was the worst wind that we had seen. I think it's hard to replicate stuff like that sometimes. Um, But we did our I think we did a phenomenal job of trying to work out in worse conditions. Like I remember it'd be like, Oh, it's going to be hot today. Okay. But I need to get ready for this. So I need to work out in some sort of heat in there. I remember last year I would get into like the hot tub afterwards, or like the steam room. Um, yes. From a recovery perspective, but also to put myself into a, like a, I don't know, a heat vacuum so that I would be ready for those kind of conditions. You just want to be ready for anything. And then the day of the thing, it was like, it, this was actually hard to do at this point. It was 60, and it was 60 degrees basically. And it hadn't been that cold in four months. So it was like, it's hard, but like great. put yourself, put yourself in really difficult situations so that when you need to be in a, in that situation, it's easier or you're, you're more used to it. Yeah, totally agree. Yep. All right. Oh, by the way, we have uh 10, it's going to be a top 10 tips and a secret bonus at the end. Oh, I'm nervous about the bonus. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about the bonus. And if you have any questions about how to prepare for or conduct a half Ironman, 
or just any kind of training questions, go ahead and comment and we will see those comments and answer them live. And one thing that I think is great about this is I think there are extreme parallels. You know, obviously you and I are big into business, but also I think like in life too, you can use these type of strategies to enhance, enhance your life. <laughs> totally agree. There is a lot of parallel. Uh, speaking of which, number two. <laughs> wow, number two. I I really wanted like explosions. High production um, right there. Yeah, Tim yeah. and I Tim Tim and I actually have a show too that we, we've been trying to figure out how to do that. So I gotta figure out how you did that. Oh well, I'm I'm a pro, buddy. Yeah. So all right, number two. This is this is my tip here. So ensure your significant others are fully on board. So significant others being wives, husbands, uh, boyfriends, girlfriends, uh, really just anyone who is going to have some sort of input into really like your time and your time management. Uh, if you have a business partner, then you know, that would really qualify. You really need to make sure that you tell people that you're close to what you're up to and what your goals are. And also that is really important to you because you're going to be spending a lot of time practicing and training and thinking about and obsessing about and researching on the internet and buying stuff and tuning up your bike. And uh, it's, it's going to be on your mind all the time. And if you haven't prepared your significant others for the journey that you're going on, uh, then you're, you're really kind of leaving them behind. And so the, the best thing, well, a really good idea, I think, is to make sure that that you tell them what your plan is far in advance and let them know that this is important to you. And uh, you're not just kind of like winging it. You, you, you're like, for real, you're going to really train for this thing. And it's going to take some time and energy, but you're going to do it in a way, hopefully, where it doesn't impact the people that are important to your life. So as an example, uh, Zach and I, we would train early in the morning and, and Jay as well. Jay, who's not obviously not on uh, the live broadcast with us. Uh, he would get up at like four o'clock in the morning on a Sunday and go running or biking. He would swim in the dark uh, out in a river, which is crazy. But but he would get those things done so that when his young kids woke up, he was there for family time in the morning. And so we had to prepare our our significant others that we're going to be doing these things. You may have to like miss some um, some meetings at work, you know. So let your business partners or your team know what's going on. Don't keep people in the dark. One, because I think, then they'll be surprised. I think it's important to say, so like Monday through Friday was basically you could get things done before the traditional work day, right? So we would work out, let's just say from 6 to 8 a.m. Monday through Friday. That's a lie, but that's basically, on. that was the time right. right there. It wasn't two hours a day is what I was getting at. Um, not every day. But then on the weekend, primarily Saturday, that workout could be anywhere from two and a half to four hours of just the workout, not including drive time, preparation time and things like that. And so I, I think, um, I think I will be better at this in the future. Um, and, um, I think that, uh, it's, it's incredibly important. You know, you want to, you, you want them to, to realize why it's so important for you. And, um, it's, you don't realize how much work and time is going into this until you start doing it and you start, you know, you read the times, it's like, Oh, you know, the lowest amount of time you're going to see a week is nine hours where you're like, Oh, that's like an hour and hour and some change a day. And then the high week is like 13 and a half, 14 hours. You're like, Oh, that's, that doesn't seem that crazy. 
And then you realize that that 14 hours is at least an additional 30 minutes more a day in just other things related to getting ready. And, and then it just starts adding up and it's, it becomes a big time, part-time job. And, uh, I don't know about you, but I didn't get like, uh, I didn't get paid to do this. At least not yet. Yeah. I, I'm going for sponsorship dollars next year because yeah. that was pretty fast. So and Eric and I did not work out together primarily. Really the only time towards the end, we worked out more together, but really we would work out Saturday mornings. I think every single Saturday we did together. So for 28 straight weeks, remember because the first time it got postponed and then we did two 14 week training plans. So every Saturday we worked out together and I would say the first 14 weeks, we really didn't work out together whatsoever. We would communicate with each other um, via tell you, tell you, tell telecommunication devices. I was trying to think of something clever, but I couldn't. Um, but, and then occasionally Eric started coming to the pool. Eric has a pool in his backyard. So he would use that a lot. And I was like, dude, this pool isn't the right size for you. You need to come to like, he was swimming in like a kiddie pool. And I'm like, dude, you can't, you can't do this. You need to come to the actual pool because uh, it's a lot longer and you need to get that real yeah. workout. In. But I would say we probably worked out less than 15% of the time together and probably even less than that. Yeah. But surprisingly, because we communicated so much and we'll go into that in, in a few uh, bullet points, uh, it, it felt like we were there training the whole time together. We also have tools, right? So we, I use Strava. Uh, if you type my name, Zach Miller on Strava, you can find me. Um, but then also um, we both have Garmin uh, watches. Yep. Um, and then we would use some other ways to communicate as well. But like it, it, um, it did, it, it was weird. Like um, with Jay specifically, like Jay, we never saw like basically until race day, we did a, a, a trial walk through two days before three days yeah. before and that was the first time we had worked out well i'd worked out with jay and you're you didn't work out with him until saturday the race day so yep. i mean like it's definitely possible and that was the same with when i did the, the marathon with tim like we would communicate like crazy and the only time we ever worked out together it was race day and i don't really consider that yeah. um working out together since we never were close to each other except like when the gun went off <laughs> <laughs> He qualified for Boston that day. So, all right. Oh, number three. Number three. Here we go. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, test, you, a, Zach? test a ton of crap. Test a ton of stuff. Um, I think this is, this is a good thing in life, right? Like when you are trying to figure out what you like, figure out what's going to work, right? So like when I started getting into this, I um, used the bike from the local YMCA, like the stationary bike. And I got on that for a while. And then I started riding this old bike that my dad had given me on um, when I graduated high school. And I started riding that a little bit. And then it was like, okay, at some point I'm going to have to buy another bike. But I just, you know, I, I just kept training with the, the things that I have. And then you start using other kind of tools in there as well. Right. So if you're running a business, test a bunch of tools out, test a bunch of different teammates out, try different language and stuff. And so I, um, depending on the day, like if it was hot or cold, like you got gloves. So you try out a bunch of different gloves. You know, if it was really warm out, these are the warm, warm gloves. If it was cold out, or excuse me, if it was really cold out, the uh, really cold gloves. If it was brisk, but not too bad, then these gloves. 
And then if it wasn't that bad, you know, maybe you could go hands-free, different kinds of hats. I mean, we got to put this on just because, you know, West Virginia, mm. you know, oh, oh, there, oh, it, is. there it is. Uh, different clothes. So this is, this is actually something I think is ridiculous. So I would wear just normal mesh shorts and like a t-shirt probably, probably for a while. And actually when we, you and I start doing those Saturdays, I bet I was wearing something like this to start. And then I don't know if it was because you were wearing them or like a video caught my attention, but it was like, okay, like maybe I should start wearing these things. And so you would start wearing like the men's like super tight tights, I guess. And so you realize that it's just, the look of them is a little ridiculous, but it actually gets a little bit easier. So then you buy these number one bought bike shirt on, um, on Amazon also very bright. So people can't hit you. And then when you start feeling good about yourself, you know, show off the gun show, bam. Whoa. 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 Wow. That wasn't on the list. Yeah. Eat your heart out, Glenn. No, um, number 3.1 gun show. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, you buy like little things like this. Uh, this is a, uh, tank top this is from the race last year but test a bunch of stuff try like even from like a music perspective it could be oh try podcast try music try nothing um test everything test the bike test the shoes test socks test nut socks test uh, sunglasses um time you of want day. to have done everything you want to have done and tested everything by race day for sure you should yeah. do nothing different on race day and you know what's interesting? I can't remember if I have this or not. So let me quickly. I know you do. Um, I changed something very dramatically, like two and a half weeks to the race. And I was I was worried about it for a little bit. So basically, I was convinced that Gatorade wasn't working for me. And I was drinking a lot of it. And I was starting to have some issues with it where I just like would be depleted. And I'm like, I don't, I shouldn't be depleted at this point. And then basically, the only thing I changed was this drink i went with a um a more endurance based drink and i feel like it fixed it it was called scratch it's great uh s-k-r-a-t-c-h they're out of boulder colorado and but but changing that so late i was a little worried you know i didn't want to go into something that i um <clears throat> um i didn't want to go into something that i hadn't tried before so actually a great example is a lot of people will tell you have a coca-cola on hand so that during race day, you might need to take it. Well, then I was reading some stuff uh, right before, and I was like, don't take that Coke if you never practiced it at least once or twice. So I bought the Coke actually like 10 days before, brought it with me, and then like the day before, I realized I haven't practiced with this. I can't try it. So I don't even think I brought it. Thanks, Roberta. Yep, appreciate it. Uh, here's something very relevant. Uh, Kevin, you already are. Mm. Is he? No, you know, and I, I, I mean, he's, he's been invited to the group. Yeah, you, you can you can become a groupie, not a problem. You cannot right. race the race in a uh, little beach cruiser. No, definitely not. That is not allowed. All right, that was number three of our top ten. And don't forget, big surprise bonus at the end. I'm terrified of this. Moving on. Oh, whoops, wrong button. Number four. Number four. Dun, dun, dun. This one's huge. This one might be the biggest one. So number four is train with an expert plan. So when I, when I very, at the very, very beginning of 2020, 
about a week or two into January is when I started training and, and I, I just decided I was going to swim one day, bike the next, run the next. And I came up with this training plan for myself, swim, bike, run, swim, bike, run. And I would uh, have my last run of the week on Sunday. So it could be a long run. And then I would take Monday off. But as far as what I did in the run or the swim or the bike, like how far I went, how hard I went, uh, I, I didn't know. I would just go. And so what I started to do is I would just continuously try to go further and faster. That was my plan. And as I got a little more into this training, I started doing a little bit of research on the Internet, started doing a little bit of reading, started learning about things like heart rate zone training. I got a Garmin, which reinforced the heart rate zones. And I realized that I was doing it wrong. And uh, all I was doing, I was just going all out every single time. And if you do that, you're going to get burned out. It's just a matter of time. And so Zach and I talked about it and we started looking into different options as far as how we're going to train. You can buy a training plan yourself and you can follow it or you can hire a coach. We opted to go with the training plan. So we went to a website called trainingpeaks.com and we I think I did it pretty quickly, actually. I browsed. I, I, I think you looked, but but in the end, I picked a training plan that was heart rate zone based, bought it. We imported it into our calendars, and then every single day we followed that plan. And what was great about it is we didn't have to question, is this the right thing to do on this day? Because we were following the advice of an expert coach, a trainer. So whereas before I was totally winging it, I had no experience in how to train for anything really, but I, I thought maybe I could just figure it out. And I'm sure I would have done okay, but I wouldn't have kicked ass, which was my goal. And in order to do that, I knew that I had to follow the advice of an expert. It also made it easy for us to just wake up, look and be like, this is what we're doing today. So then you don't have to programmatically figure out, okay, Here's the swim pro um, plan that you have to do. Here's the, you know, the run that they you, you need to do. I mean, it's just, it makes it super easier. So like the advice I would give on this is follow a plan, uh, research that that person has been there before, has done it before. And then like, you know, hire a coach to help you through this kind of stuff. Because I think, uh, wow, this wasn't necessarily a coach. It was a coach. It was a it coach was. who had been there before. And, and, and I think it was, I mean, it was just like, if, if, if it was a deal breaker, like it was a positive deal breaker. Like it was, it was a game changer. That's the right it, word. It was, it was perfect because was we didn't have to think that. anymore. We just had to show up and do the work and we had to just put our faith in the person. You figured out a way to get it on our actual calendars, different than an app that put it in our normal days too, which I think is even one step more um, forward. We're going to go to in a minute. Oh, we do. Okay. Never mind then. Yeah, hold that thought. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Because right now, oh, actually, we have a couple comments here. Let's see here. Ah, Kevin Daisy, did you deal with any bugs in the swamp? Did we ever? I, I honestly, no, I didn't. Well, no, you'd get <laughs> right in the eye every time you took your glasses off. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. Yeah. yeah, so we had to work out in the mornings. Uh, and so we had to start bringing flashlights, which is what I told you we were going to have at some point, uh, because uh, at one point we were able to start going in earlier because that's how long we um, because the days were getting longer. And then towards the end of the season, um, days got shorter. So we had to uh, start um, 
getting there earlier, but we had to like buy a flashlight basically. And so yeah. uh, I would have, I'd be on these rides and I wouldn't need my sunglasses. So I'd be riding, I'm not gonna take my glasses off, but then I'd be like, it always happened right as I was about to put my glasses on too. <laughs> Bug in the eye. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> so um, for me, it was mostly horse flies when I was running in the swamp, usually on Sunday. So I'd go to the Dismal Swamp Canal Trail in Chesapeake. And I would, uh, you know, doing a what, 10 mile, eight mile run. So I wanted to go just far without having to deal with traffic or anything. So the swamp is perfect for that. The problem with the swamp is you're in the middle of a swamp and there were horse flies and they would literally orbit around me. And then every once in a while they'd get brave and land and wow. And I'd have to, I'd just have to destroy him. Yeah. No soup for you. How much was the training plan? So the one that I got was $117, I think was the number. Yep. Trainingpeaks.com. Which, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of cheap by nature. I didn't really want to spend a hundred plus dollars, but I'm like, you know what? This is important. And uh, this is like, this is this, this guy, this coaches, all of his knowledge put into a training plan that I'm going to follow for the next 14 plus weeks. It's worth it. I want to spend some money. I didn't want to go on the cheap. As a matter of fact, I think we even found some free plans. And one of the things that I had that I thought, I don't know if I told you this, but I was like, I, I don't want cheap. I, I want the right plan. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we split it. So it wasn't one, it was 117 was the total, but divided by two. And I think it was helpful. I mean, some, it, it just, you wake up and you go, this is what to do. Yep. And you, you, you trust the process basically. And, um, well, that process, we haven't even talked about the um, our times yet. Maybe we'll get to that later. But, you know, if anyone's I, interested, I don't know if anyone cares about that. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Squad. Bam. Squad. What's up, Matt? Hope you're doing well, buddy. All right. We are moving on. Number five. Dramatic pause ends here. Uh, so when you hit a wall climb over it create your own race when they cancel yours so as i mentioned before we're eight weeks into training we had an idea that covid was going to cancel or postpone the race and this is so this is probably late april time frame the race is supposed to be in june and then we were like okay well we're going to keep moving forward uh, and we'll just once we get the date we'll recycle and do the the, the 14 weeks again well then eight weeks into that so that would be 14 plus eight which math major is 22 weeks i believe right Eric? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Is it not? It is. Okay. I'm like, so I'm like, uh-oh. Um, you know, we got to eliminate the gibberish. Um, the 20, so we're 22 weeks into this and we're like, okay, like what's going to happen? And then Jay had gotten into this at this point and started training with us. Um, and then we had decided that I thought the race was still going to happen in Cambridge, Maryland. COVID had kind of opened up in a positive kind of way. And I was like, no, this is going to happen. Then we get the dreaded email and they're like, we were canceling it. And I was like, okay, like, what are you going to do though? And at that point we had started figuring out like, well, we're going to do this. We've busted our tails. We need to, we've trained for this. We're going to, we're going to have to do it on our own. And so that's when it became uh, okay, where can we do this? And I think the two most important things that we were thinking about was like um, how to do it around uh, the least amount of cars, which ultimately kind of changed if you really think about it. Uh, and then close, closest to the swamp because it was an easy centralized place for us to, to probably get to. Um, the crazy thing about this is we had basically secured what we wanted to do 
uh, as a race. And then come September 1st, we realized that the pool, which is where we were going to do the swim, changed up their calendar. And so then Eric had to like, Eric decided to be um, assistant to the race director, who is me, and decided that he would uh, raise his hand. I love him for this. Uh, would have to raise his hand and he would talk to the YMCA's uh, aquatics director to try to book time when we weren't able to book it from an appointment perspective because that that time wasn't there. And so honestly, to 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 schedule this on our own was a real challenge and it took a lot of time to figure out and we were it, it was interesting we you know we questioned whether or not the swim was even going to happen at some point uh, in the way that we wanted it um then the pool closed i don't i forgot about that like it for our emergency repairs away, just have faith and great things will happen yeah yeah and the key here is if your original plan fails which it falls will. through which, which it probably will yeah, then you have a decision to make you can do the just quit or you can come up with a di different plan. And uh, so the, the Ironman that we were supposed to do, uh, we, we were in a group of uh, on Facebook and, and I was very surprised that a lot of people were very negative about it. They just wanted to cancel. They wanted it to be done. So they, it, it felt like they, they just wanted to quit training. They wanted to quit thinking about it and they had to throw it in the towel, but I don't know. I, I wasn't ready to throw in the towel. So I, I wonder how what many people actually like did it on their own. Well, my question was going to be how many people do you think actually did throw in the towel because they were just like, screw it. And I think well, and I, I've, I've heard a lot of people say that not only about something like, you know, physical, some sort of physical activity in 2020, but just in general, like 2020 is a wash. It's a way you know, screw 2020. No, like there's a lot that we could do that's good right now uh, just because, you know, certain things are out of our control, like COVID it, it happens, but like there's, this applies to, to anything in life, right? Yeah. So you create your own destiny. Yep. Number six. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> that is impressive. <laughs> All right. This was a big one for us. So schedule every single workout in your calendar. I mentioned before that we bought a training plan off of trainingpeaks.com. And the way that it works is, uh, I, I think the way that it works is you can download it either to like your watch or you can print it maybe, uh, or you can go into Training Peaks and you can look at it every single day. But you have to go into this thing that you're unfamiliar with and look at your, your calendar for training, whereas the rest of your life is probably in some other calendar. And so we came up with the idea that we wanted to import every single workout into our real calendar so that we could see it at a glance, like what workouts we had to do. And then, you know, what meetings we had and what happened was, all right. So in the very first week of us doing the training plan, uh, Glenn, who's, who just walked by, uh, he was like, Hey, let's, let's go to a, a breakfast networking event with the chamber mm -hmm. of commerce. And it's the very first week. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Well, like what I would normally say, right. Sounds great. And I realized, what is that? That's the calendar item. Yeah. So I realized that that I had just agreed to a conflict. I already had in my calendar that I was going to swim or something like that in the morning, but I just thought, well, I could rearrange it. But when I looked at my calendar, there was no more time until late at night. And that was like the very first time. And it was very quick into this training that I realized, you know what? Number one, I have to protect my time. If I'm going to do this, like I'm going to start saying no to things. So I told him and the rest of the crew, like, look, guys, because moving that was too difficult because I then couldn't, 
Yeah, it was too difficult. Now, in other times, I was able to move it a little bit here, you know, so like I could shift things around. But the thing is, it was on my calendar and it had to get done. Just like if you have a meeting with a client or a prospect or whatever is on your calendar, like if so, if there's something on your calendar, then you should honor your calendar. If you're putting stuff on your calendar and you blow it off or, you know, you don't, you don't really think it's true. What's the point? Like you're just lying to yourself. So that's a different philosophy. But for me, like if it's on my calendar, then I intend to do it for sure. And all of a sudden our training was on the calendar. And what I had to do is if I had an early morning meeting, like here we have uh, management meetings on Mondays and Thursdays at 8.30, which meant I had to be done with usually two workouts on Thursdays, we would do two workouts. So it would be a swim. And I think on Thursdays, it was a bike. I had mm -hmm. to get all that done and back home to my home office by 8.30, which meant that I started to have, I had to move these items up like earlier in the day. So there were many days where I, I just had to get on the bike in the dark at 5.30 because if I didn't, once my normal day started, like I may not be able to move that one hour block of time for the bike or the swim anywhere else. Surprisingly, the appointment based stuff for the swimming actually became very beneficial because we would book the 6.15 a.m. many mornings. So Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. And it was like, OK, that's your 45 minutes. That's the allocated time um, that you could get in. And that was that was it. And the crazy thing is you, if you couldn't get that in many times, you weren't able to book another appointment anyway. So uh, a handful of times for whatever reason i didn't make the pool there and i'd be like i gotta go use your pool that happened yeah and it happened, but you still figure it out um but some days are easier than others to move around and i think um the scheduling is is very very powerful yeah yeah very much so uh and you know this applies not only to something like a triathlon training but uh just any kind of workout really so like a lot of people they're like uh i want to go to the gym three or four times a week well, if you don't put it in your calendar, then it's very, very easy just to be like, uh, you know what? It's it's four sixteen. Well, I think that's the same thing as like the Tim and no days off. It was like you just you know that you have to do it every day. Oh, what day is it? Oh, it doesn't matter. You got to get that thing done, right? Yeah. And I think that's that's, that's uh, for me. For me, it's a lot easier to blow something off if it's not in my calendar. Uh, it's dark out. It's raining out. I'm tired. I'm hungry. Whatever. I'm not going to do it. But if it's in the calendar, I'm doing it. Number seven. Numero siete. Yes. Is that, is that correct? I don't know. Siete That's is done. correct. Well done. I failed Spanish twice. Ignore the outside world or people who don't understand. All right. That's pretty Explain. simple. Uh, so, I mean, I think like people will be like, you can't do that. Or uh, what are you are doing? Are you sure you're not taking on sure, too much? Are you sure you can do this? Like uh, you're fat, Zach. You can't do that. Or like, why are you doing this? So interestingly, so that, that even might be more directed towards some of the other things I did on top of this. And so I basically stopped drinking during training. I basically stopped eating meat during all of this. And like all those things combined, I think helped me have better results on, on race day. Um, because it would just make me feel better, I guess. Right. And so I wouldn't, you know. I wouldn't have too many, you know, rage against the machine nights because I wasn't drinking, you know? And so like, well, and COVID hit and so you couldn't go out anyway and you know, you don't want to touch door handles. So you don't go to the grocery store, Seven Eleven. like it just, it just made it uh, a lot easier to do some of these things. And I think because of that, 
I look at things from a more positive perspective, I think, in that. And it's like, hey, like, because you've eliminated some of these things in your life, it's going to be easier for you to do this other stuff. There was plenty of times where it was like, yeah, I don't want to go. I don't want to I don't want to do that. Uh, or I'm not going to participate in that thing that you want me to do. Um, or like, oh, I can't do that because I have this 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 piece or someone would be like, I don't. Um, I don't, I don't get why you're doing this. This seems like a lot. Oh, the only reason you can do this now is because you don't have this. It's like, I mean, don't be excuse first, figure out a way to make things happen. This reminds me of when I gave a talk at Start Peninsula and I said, um, when it's someone's birthday, wish them happy birthday via cell phone by pulling out and do the video. And someone uh, was like, well, uh, it seems like a lot. It seems difficult. What, what happens when you have like 50 people or a thousand people that you have to call on your birthday? You figure it out. You know, so like if you don't want to do it, then fine. That's what makes people stronger is is the willpower to to uh, to do this. And so if someone doesn't get it because they want to go to the movie theater, or they want to do something else. And this is your goal. It's on your calendar. It's the thing that you've put your mind towards. Ignore the outside world. Screw them. It's very easy to default to no. But you really need to just commit to yes. So that means saying no to other things. So you can say yes to the thing that's most important to you. And uh, yeah, sometimes it means just tuning everyone else out. Out, maybe, so. that, maybe that means you're getting rid of some people that don't really care about your longevity and things and feelings that you want. Screw it. <gasps> Number eight. ESPN, the old show. And remember, we have a secret bonus coming up. Oh God, we're, really plug, we're really plugging this bonus. We are pumping and pimping this bonus. Do I need to know what this bonus is? Because I really don't. Uh, I'm going to surprise you. Stay tuned. Number eight is hydration and nutrition. How come you never go full screen? I don't know what you're talking about. So we no longer refer to this as drink and eating. Drinking and eating is always hydration and nutrition. Somehow, somewhere along our uh, training, I guess just because we heard it so much from videos and from our training plan and whatnot, uh, practice hydration and nutrition. So this, is I your this is your lingo. This is like, Oh no, 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 no. Like there's, there's try lingo for sure. Hydration, <laughs> nutrition. What about, uh, the outfit that you wear? <laughs> what would you call that? If you like, like what you wore on a, a bike? No, the whole thing, the oh, whole a thing. A kit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's not your workout gear. It's your kit. So yeah, there, there is particular lingo, but, uh, this lingo right here, it's, so this is not about the lingo, really. This is about the fact that as you start to do longer and longer workouts, and we were training for a six-hour, potentially six-hour-long half Ironman, uh, you, you can't just wing it when it comes to hydration and nutrition. Like, you have to practice consuming liquids, carbohydrates, and preferably some food, some solid food along the way. Most of that is done on the bike, so you can't do it while you're swimming. You get off, you get out of the pool, you get on the bike, and you should have a lot of hydration and nutrition ready to go. And then as you're biking for around three hours, you're going to be like eating and drinking nonstop because you are, you have to, you have to replenish everything you just depleted from your swim. And then also you have to get ready for this half marathon, 13 mile run. And so your body needs to fuel up and it needs to be hydrated completely. And then once you're on the run, uh, you, you can't, it's, well, you probably can, but I couldn't, I never tried to actually consume like uh, solid food. I would go to goo and I would go to uh, Gatorade and water for uh, hydration. But 
but I, I learned this lesson uh, the hard way a couple of times. So one time I was supposed to do an eight mile run on a Sunday and I went mm. out to the swamp and I was feeling fantastic. I was going fast and I was about five miles into it and I had nothing on me. I didn't put any like Gatorade or water on the trail like I did sometimes. Uh, I was I was just supposed to do an eight mile run. That's uh, about what I guess about an hour or so, a little more than an hour, about an hour and 10 or 12 minutes. Uh, but I, I was feeling so good that I decided to just press on through. I was like, well, I, I got this at like mile six. I was like crushing it. So I'm like, I want to go all the way to, to 13. And I got to about mile 10. And by the way, I didn't have, I didn't have anything to drink at all. And I, I started to uh, deteriorate very rapidly. The last three miles were torturous. I had to stop many, many times and I had to walk, which was very unusual. We didn't do a lot of that in our training. There was, there were not a lot of times where we bonked, which is when you run out of energy before you finish what you're supposed to be doing. But, um, but I bonked so hard. Um, and that, that happened. Well, that, that happened one time when I had no nutrition, no hydration whatsoever. Um, it happened another time, uh, as well, where I just, I just cramped up. Uh, but also on the bike rides, I, I found out that if I went over about two hours without eating enough food, then I didn't have the fuel that I needed to continue on. So hydration and nutrition became super important for us and uh, consuming the right number of carbohydrates, which is about 90 carbs, grams of carbs per hour of exercise became very, very important. I mean, the internet had a lot of good information on stuff like this. And so um, a somewhat fit person, probably not even a fit person can handle um, 60 minutes of working out because apparently your body has stored up crap somewhere, you know, not to be a scientist, but then literally in mile six and, and uh, minute 61 and on is when I guess all that stuff is starting to really get uh, to, to the low levels that you can't. And I remember like, I was like, Hey, like you're going through a lot. Like, Oh, and you're like, yeah, well, I'm not even drinking Gatorade or something like that. And I'm like, yeah. well, I mean, you should be doing that. Here's what you should be doing. Like, um, there's these people are out there telling you stuff, you know, and I, I think you, you said this, right. Like try not to be a hero. Don't be a hero. It's like, don't be a hero. Just drink the stuff. Yeah. Right. Because you surprisingly, you drink a lot of water and you think that's okay, but you're actually not really losing water. You're losing things in the water, you know, something, something in the water, if you will. Um, which was canceled this year, but um, there was some, there's something in the water that you're losing, which apparently is electrolytes, which uh, when you become such a fine specimen of an athlete that I am, you realize that you've uh, left Gatorade for scratch because Gatorade wasn't enough. And yeah, it, ga- it gave you the edge. Give me the edge. Speaking of the edge. Number nine. I'm living on the edge. Name that tune. What is number nine, Zach? Number nine is visualize the race. And so when you get closer to race day, start thinking about how that race is going to go. You've done a lot of training, but then start putting those pieces together. And a lot of the training that you've done is um, is practice, is training, but then actually saying, okay, what am I going to do that morning? Okay, how am I going to move from that thing to this other thing that I don't normally do? In the business world, it's okay, when this person answers the phone, how am I going to answer it? When this person responds this way, what am I going to do? It doesn't have to be so much like I need to know the 10 steps to this, but 
you want to start visualizing the race. And so as we got closer, there's like calculators of times that you think that you can uh, do the race. And I was like, okay, I think I can do this part of the, the workout in this kind of time. I think I can do this workout in this kind of speed. I think my transitions, which is when you go from, you know, one, um, one um, discipline, yeah, discipline to another, you just start visualizing that. And so like when I would get go into like the transition or the turnaround for the run, we did three laps on, on the run. I'd be like, I think in my head as I was getting closer, okay, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. We want to change this, this, we want to change this out, eat this, eat this, take this goo, throw it away and then go so that you knew it, you mentally a checklist in the pool. It was, here's what you want to do. You want to eat this beforehand and you have this kind of mental checklist and you're visualizing this race beforehand and so then when it does happen, you're like, oh, this is this is what you're expecting. It, it becomes very familiar because you visualize it so many times. So we knew exactly where we we're going to swim, like what which lanes, where the bikes were going to go. We had practiced that. Uh, we knew bike, the route. My bike the fell, though, uh, yeah, during yeah, the race. Yeah. It fell during the swim, which I wasn't expected. Um, that could have been a lot more of an issue than it was. Yeah, yeah that was. It, it didn't turn out to be that bad. Uh, but we knew the the actual route of of the bike uh zach actually drove it one time on the road and then we did it uh twice i think on our bikes yeah so, so we I, knew i went into the map figured out okay this seems to be this then i drove it first just to make sure it wasn't so crazy um cars and bumps and things like that because it, it was far enough away that it was going to be an ordeal to do it yeah and i didn't want to ruin a day morning because of something well, like that well we didn't want to wing it we didn't want to test anything on race day right so do you remember the one time we were on 17 and and i was like hey, we, we got to go to the turnaround because that's where we're going to turn around on race day we didn't we didn't really need to go there like take the miles or anything but we wanted to at least go on this one section of road at least once it wasn't a big deal but we wanted to make sure that everything was going to be okay we didn't want to assume anything so we went through well every single inch of that race we knew inside and out before we got there and like zach said i mean we knew what we were going to eat and drink when where everything yeah my buddy tim who gets brought up a lot he goes what's your uh some sort of plan for food that day and i had it from thursday night to the end of the race and he was like oh, yeah. yep that's a plan i was like i mean why do the research why learn this stuff if you don't um if you're not going to use it stereo hmm. i don't know Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> you love this too much. That's great. All right. Number 10. Wow. Look at that one. But what, what is this? Grease? Hang on. Cause there's a bonus later, but we're on number 10 right now. <laughs> oh, God. oh yeah. Oh, it's amazing. All right. Is this like when your kids are like, dad, you're embarrassing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is like dad humor. All right. Number 10, you can go all out. So the big lesson for me, as we were doing the bike portion in particular, well, actually let me even back up. So we, you know, this is a, a 70.3 mile race. I thought it was going to take me about six hours. And I was really honestly hoping I would get done in less than six hours, but I thought it would really be between six hours and six hours. 15 minutes. Uh, I was going faster than I expected in the pool, but I didn't realize that until I got out of the pool. So I got out of the pool and I felt your watch. 
Yeah, I looked at my watch and I'm like, oh, wow, I got a two minute uh, personal record, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, oh, I, I need to, you know, I, I started to worry me because I'm like, I went really hard in the pool, apparently, even though I didn't feel it. And now I'm going to feel the consequences on the rest of, of the race, which is a 56 mile bike ride and then a 13.1 mile run. As we got on the bike, uh, there was strong wind, about 15 miles an hour in the coming from the north. So we had to deal with that wind twice. For we didn't about- know it for a while either, though. We didn't know it for about 20 miles. Yeah, about 20 miles in, it hit us. And then there were two 10-mile stretches where we were just fighting against the wind. And as I was going into the wind, like it, my quads were just burning. And I'm like, oh, I am like, I'm really like pushing hard. I was looking at my heart rate monitor. I'm like, my heart rate is much higher than I expected. Like I'm really working really, really hard. And I was super worried about the effect that would have on the run. So when I finally got off the bike and I put on my shoes and I started running, I was running fast, like much faster than I normally do. And I was thinking the whole time, my heart rate's higher than it should be. Uh, I just biked 56 miles. I'm four hours, five hours into this thing. Like I need to pace myself a little bit. But the adrenaline of the day just, it, it wouldn't let me really slow down. And so I, I kept going. And when I realized uh, about halfway through the run, when I realized I was going to be okay and I was going to make it strong. Uh, but then also afterwards is I the bike. So the swim didn't affect the bike. The bike didn't affect the run. These were like almost individual races. They just happened to be stacked on top of one another. And so I realized at the end when I finished that I could have gone even harder in the pool and I could have gone even harder on the bike because at the end of the race for the run, I felt fresh. I felt better than I had felt all year long when it came to racing. You felt fresh. Is that what you just said? I felt fresh. My legs put it this way. My leg, my running legs felt fresh the entire 13 miles. So what I had already done in the swim and the bike didn't affect my run, which was super yeah. surprising. So I don't know if it was the adrenaline or just the training we were used to doing bricks, which is where you do a bike and then you do a run. Uh, but I, I got a nine minute personal record on the run for the season and I was super thrilled. So I, I was able to go all out and so the I know going into the next that one we went harder on. I think that you can't, you can't mute out of the conversation, right? I think that's inc- like we hydrated very heavily for this. We were um, tapered. That helped a lot. Um, but I, so your swim was the fastest? Swim was the were- fastest. The bike was the fastest and the run was the fastest. All three were fastest for the whole season. And then you had never done this distance before. So that, nope. that, but, but if you would have, this would have been the record. So I'm the same way Four PRs. Right. And so uh, swim, swim, uh, at least I'm sure I swam faster than this in high school. I don't know what that time in recent been. history. Let's say in the in last year. History. Yeah. So definitely, um, uh, two minute swim PR, I think 16 minute ish bike PR and run was like 19, 19 minutes. Huge. And then overall, uh, remember like last year, the time was seven forty, And when you put all that together, like it has a pretty ridiculous, um, and dramatic difference in time beat. And it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I think uh, once you prepare, you have a train, you do all these things that we're talking about. I want the bonus. <laughs> then, then it's, it's a, you, you can go all out on race day or, you know, whatever your big event is. But don't you think that a lot of it is because of all the other things built up? It's the compound effect of all that. Like, I don't think that you would have seen that day one. No, absolutely not. No, I right. was super nervous about doing all three of those things, but but we were ready, right? That's the bottom line. When you're ready, you can go all out. Yeah. Well, Kevin Daisy wants the bonus. I mean, he has waited a long, what are we, uh, an hour and three minutes. Kevin has been very, very patient. It is bonus time. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, what is the bonus tip, Zach? Oh, these are the bonus tips that we have. Uh, actually, there's only one. I mean, there's we have more, oh. but oh, I think I, we got to okay. wrap it up soon. Oh, I, I didn't realize that's what we were doing here. I this is this the big actually... bonus. This, I, I would say that this was, uh, I, I think that, well, speaking for myself, I think this was one of the most important factors of all for us. So we just went through our top 10, but finding training partners, people to train with was super important. As a matter of fact, so knowing that Zach was going to be doing the exact same thing as me, I wasn't about to not do it like every single day of the training. Literally the exact same thing every day. Yeah. 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 So that was super important. And then uh, there's an app that we use called Marco Polo, which allows you to, uh, it's, it's like text messaging, but instead of texting with, you know, letters and whatnot and characters. Don't uh, show everyone it because the last time you did that. Yeah, it was embarrassing. <laughs> it's with video. So you, you, you hold it up and you say, uh, man, yeah. I, I just, I just got done with a, with a, a run. It was terrible, but I, I think it was because I didn't blah, 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 blah. And then Zach would get it instantly. And he would see me talking about whatever. And so we were, we were exchanging ideas nonstop me, Zach and, and Jay proc. And, well, and I, I think that had it come on until like two months before, maybe even a little less than that. Like you brought him in late. I did. Yeah. But, but I'm glad that I did because he brought like a whole new sense. And, and even though like I only saw Zach in person, I mean, it was probably like towards the end, two or three times a week. Cause we'd see each other at the pool and then we would see each other on Saturdays. Uh, so, I mean, we did train a decent amount towards the end together, but in the beginning it was just once a week on Saturdays, but I, I felt like, like you were there the whole time. I felt like Jay was there once we brought him into Marco Polo the whole time. Like it, it was just like training with someone, uh, like, like they're running right next to you. Incredibly valuable. Um, just to have that person who's going through the, the good, the bad and the ugly. Yeah. I think, you know, all that was, was there during it. You know, the good times, the bad times thought, Hey, it was hot out. Did you guys also feel this heat? How do you feel about this, that, that, or I just tried this other thing. What do you know about that? And honestly, like I, I think that because Jay got into this, it made you and I even faster because this man like, boom, yeah, very fast, quick. And it made me think of numbers that like, I don't think I've ever told you this, but like um, when he uh, started telling us some of his times, I was like, hold on a second. Like, not only do I like, am I like, holy moly, these are fast times, but can I do that? And so, I, like, I immediately was like, I remember I took a picture. I went to trycalculator.com and I did, okay, this is probably the worst case scenario. And I took a picture of it. And then I took a, um, a picture of the best case scenario. And it was way closer to the best case scenario where um, 
I just didn't think that like even a couple weeks before that, that something like that was possible. I mean, I did the race in five hours and 40 minutes. The year before it was seven hours and 40 minutes. I have a two hour PR basically. I mean, our goal at the beginning of this was like, hey, like, at least for me, it was beat your time from last year, right? And then it was like, then you were like, oh, what do you like, 6.30, 6.15? And I was like, uh, yeah, like, I guess we can get to that. And then we just, we start getting closer and closer. And like, it's, and then you get to game day and you're like, well, this is, this is something that we absolutely can do and maybe even crush it. I mean, I remember like Jay completely destroyed both of us, but um, I remember him at one point, I was like, wait a second, am I going to beat him? Like, is he not going to catch me? And it took him a while. And he told us, he was like, it was hard to catch you. It wasn't hard to catch you. It was hard to catch me. (laughs) (laughs) But I no, I'm I'm with you. I think the training partner thing is so incredibly um, critical and, um, having that person well even you let's talk about you and you buying your gym at home and you that didn't work absolutely yeah so at some point it was after like the the initial impact of covid um gyms had already reopened but i was like "Ah, i don't know if i want to go to the gym i decided to create my own home gym so i i started to scrape together weights which was very difficult to find and a bench and i got a home gym and i i used it for about two weeks and that was it and even though it was there, I could go see the problem was, well, there's a lot of problems, but <laughs> it was there. I could go use it whenever I wanted to, but I also had no one to be accountable to. So uh, as an example, like I'm, I'm going to my normal gym tonight and I need to be there at five and I'm looking at the clock. Cause I'm like, all right, I got 20 minutes and then my boys are going to be blowing up my phone. And I told them I'm going to be there at five and I, I'm accountable to them. And that makes a huge difference. I can't, I mean, yes, I could blow it off, but it's a lot harder to blow it off when your friend is expecting you to do that thing. So you find partners, whether it's triathlon training, whether it's, you know, just going to the gym or whether it's just, you know, business in general, find people uh, that I are like-minded. Sorry. Like, I, I know that you want me to be there, but, uh, yeah, that's I, only going to work so many times. I have to make uh, bacon and eggs this morning and, uh, can't, can't, can't be there. Sorry. Bye. Yeah. You do that enough. You probably don't show up at all. You'll probably quit. Yeah. And, and you better bring me some bacon. I don't eat meat anymore, so it ain't going to be me. That's Jay. Yeah, Jay likes his bacon. So that is the big bonus. Training partner's huge. Bonus. Chen plus <laughs> bonus equals Jay. So the Ironman has been rescheduled, or uh, I guess it's been rescheduled. It's, it's happening on June 13th, I believe it is. I don't know. 2021. Yep, June 13th, 21. Cambridge, Maryland. We're both signed up because we pushed our 2020 into 2021. We will be doing it. If anyone is interested in training, hit us up. Yeah, we definitely are interested. Uh, If you're on Strava, you can go to the um, Swamp Man series. That's something that we create as kind of a club. Um, And I think it's important to find, like, I want to, I want to have more, more and more people come into this. I think Tim Ryan's going to join us. I really hope Tim Ryan's going to join us and uh, others as well. And so you don't have to start with the super long uh, stuff. Maybe you just want to ease into this, but the race again, 70.3 miles, June 13th, Cambridge, Maryland, there's only going to be a few more spots available. So you would have to secure your tickets soon, but it's 1.2 mile swim. Don't be like, Oh, I can't swim. You have plenty of time to learn how to figure it out. 
figured out. I mean, Eric figured out how to swim. Uh, 56 mile bike, which you would learn too. And then most people can run walk 13.1 miles after a little bit of practice. If this fat kid can, so can you. But yeah, we'd love for you to join us because I think it's it's um it's been tremendous. It's been it's been a lot of fun, and uh, it's pretty crazy to think how just watching over someone can uh, give you enough insight to want to do that thing yourself. Whether Tim to me, Tim to you too, with the run, and then uh, this on the um, the triathlon stuff. So hopefully, this is something that will um, entice more people to want to do. And uh, nothing. And, and honestly, we just need more pictures of Eric, like shirtless. More right? me. Yeah. yeah. Was, I, Look yeah. at him. You know what? I don't think he stopped at the right time. I think that I think he faked it. Look, uh, there's Batman. You see Batman right there? I mean, some of these distances <clears throat> are <sighs> questionable. We're not gonna bring that up on the live. Although I will say that I went 70.3. So look at Zach crushing it. Again, no uh did not rain that day. <laughs> Tim, you're still around. Appreciate you, man. He's probably ran 10 miles during this whole thing. And uh, Tim was there at, at the finish line. I don't think we got any pictures of him, but uh, appreciate you coming, Tim. That was awesome yeah. to see you there. And uh, and like we said much earlier in this live, uh, honestly, you inspired me to get into running in 2019. You've inspired Zach. So we appreciate you, man. All right, Zach, any final thoughts? Uh, let's pop some more champagne. And, uh, you know, if you want something hard enough, like you do whatever it takes to get towards it. And so, uh, you know, just go after it. And uh, if there's something that you publicly don't want to commit to, you know, I would say reach out to me. I will talk to you about the things that I've gone through. Uh, and I'm sure some of the others here as well. I'm sure Tim might uh, have some words and Eric as well. But, um, yep. you know, it's uh, it's something that you still haven't seen this and neither is Jay, but I still think the Iron Man community is one of the most positive places on earth. And I'm, I was sad that that closed this year so that you didn't get to see that. Yeah. Yes, we got to do our own thing, but there is something very powerful of 3000 people doing this thing. And there um, in that community uh, it's, it's a wild ride. And so I'm, I'm excited to be a part of that as a fast kid, not a fat kid. So, and with that, go. Let's go. Let's wrap it up. All right, Jack. Well done. All right, everybody. Peace, pancakes, y'all. Peace and pancakes.